You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Ditch the clowns on the left. And the jokers on the right. And join Michael Smirconish right here in the middle. This is the Smirconish Podcast for Independent Minds. From CNN's Chris Saliza earlier this week, quote, with just a week left until the 2022 midterm elections, the political environment appears to be eroding rapidly for Democrats, especially in areas where the party has long held sway. Quote, the scariest Halloween reality for House Democrats is the number of seats President Joe Biden carried comfortably in 2020 that are at genuine risk a week out. So writes David Wasserman, the House editor at the Cook Political Report with Amy Walter, a nonpartisan campaign tip sheet. To that end, Wasserman shifted race ratings for 10 Democratic-held seats into more jeopardy, including three apiece in the Democratic redoubts of California and New York. And on the same day that Wasserman made his changes, Gallup released a report that suggests the political wins are all blowing in Republicans' direction. This is David Wasserman, the senior editor for the U.S. House of Representatives for the aforementioned Cook Political Report. David, has anything changed in the last 72 hours since that quote came from you? Well, I think what's changed is a lot of people are dooming and saying that the bottom is absolutely falling out for Democrats. Look, I think we've seen about a point or two of movement in Republicans' direction in the past month or two. But really, we haven't seen the bottom drop out for, for Democrats. We're, we're looking at high enthusiasm for both parties, and Republicans do have a modest enthusiasm advantage. Most recent NBC News poll had 78% of Republicans as 9 or 10s out of 10 on, on their uh, voting intention scale uh, versus 69% of Democrats. And that's significant, but keep in mind it was an 18-point gap in April before the Dobbs decision. So I think we're looking at a modestly... Uh, you know, pro-Republican environment, maybe a category two or three storm headed Democrats way. In some states, it really is a category four or five. And those are uh, those are blue states where Democrats are double incumbents. They control federal and state government. and They're being held doubly responsible for everything voters are dissatisfied with. But in red and purple states, we're seeing some Democrats numbers hold up OK. And that's because abortion has been a more potent issue because of ferocious debates over bans. Take out the personalities, take out the issues. Just speak to me historically since World War II. What normally happens to the party in the White House in a midterm? Well, the average has been a loss of 26 House seats and two Senate seats. And, you know, I'd still take the under on that today. Um, We are, I think, very likely to see Republicans take back the House. I think we're looking at 15 to 25 seats uh, for Republicans. It could go higher. But uh, then in the Senate, we're still looking at a very close fight. And it's pretty miraculous 
that Democrats are still in the hunt in the Senate, given that the president is at a 42 or 43 percent approval and we have 8.2 percent inflation. It's really a testament to how poorly uh, voters have received uh, Trump endorsed candidates in Pennsylvania, Georgia, Arizona uh, and and New Hampshire. And so the fact that that these races are still close uh, shows uh, Democrats strength in the face of some very strong headwinds. In other words, in other words, where the president is so far underwater, you would expect it to be an even worse picture for Democrats running for the House. That's right. And look, we do have prominent Democrats who are at genuine risk in districts Biden won comfortably. The chair of the DCCC, Sean Patrick Maloney, is in a dogfight in the Hudson Valley. Katie Porter, who's one of Democrats' stars with her whiteboard, uh, and she's raised $21 million. She's in a toss-up race in Orange County, California, Abigail Spanberger in Virginia. So these are some big names on the Democratic side who are in very tough races. But at the same time, there are other Democrats like Sharice Davids in Kansas, like Mary Peltola in Alaska, who are faring pretty well. We talked a lot about the New York 19th. I believe you were my guest after that election outcome. Two quality candidates. It was post-Dobbs. People saw great significance in the outcome of that race. My question for David Wasserman is, if I could give you the result right now of any congressional race in the country, which one would you want to know the outcome to as a bellwether? You know, I'd be looking at Minnesota's second congressional district. Hmm. This is in the southern Twin Cities suburbs. It's a rematch between Democrat Angie Craig and Republican Tyler Kistner, who's a military veteran. And the fascinating fact about this race, for the second straight election in a row, there is a dead third-party candidate on the ballot. In 2020, the illegalized marijuana party candidate died five weeks before the election. This time around, the legal marijuana party candidate died six weeks before the election. So I suppose the moral of the story is stay away from drugs. <laughs> uh it's really interesting. You have schooled me. And, and frankly, I need you to know you've turned me. I used to speak so much about gerrymandering and you turned me to focus more on self-sorting. But still, very few congressional districts are in play in any cycle. Right. Out of 435, how many truly are up for grabs in round numbers? Well, you know, we have 35 toss ups mm-hmm. uh, and that's more than I would have expected, mm-hmm. frankly, given how much uh, we, we saw gerrymandering winnow the number of competitive districts. But I think what we have seen is in states that used commissions to draw maps, such as California uh, or, uh, or New Jersey or Arizona uh, or Michigan or Colorado, we are seeing significant numbers of really competitive seats. And we also have seen some historically blue Hispanic majority seats that have come into play. We've got three competitive races in the Rio Grande Valley of Texas. We've got uh, three in the Central Valley of California. So these are seats that uh, ordinarily, you know, we wouldn't be considering uh, to be Republican opportunities. But this year, they really are squarely in the battlefield. I'm interested to see the Nevada Hispanic vote in that Senate race. She's the first Latina elected to the U.S. Senate. And, and yet that Latino vote is not lockstep the way other groups have been when one of their own is elected for the first time. That's right. And, you know, keep in mind that we're seeing the Hispanic vote nationally begin to vote more like the rest of the country. It's not dissimilar from previous waves of immigration right. in the country. And and in Nevada, you have a disproportionately working class uh, vote that has been uh, 
at, at unique risk in a high inflation environment. Nevada's economy has taken more of a hit than than most states in the past three years. And that plays into Republicans' message that it's time for change. Again, in these states where Democrats control uh, the, the governor's office and the federal government, you know, voters are uh, are not really receptive to Democrats' argument on abortion because they don't perceive a threat. They're very receptive to Republicans' message on inflation and crime and homelessness and time for change. That's why we're seeing Republicans do well in the race for governor of Nevada as well. And they have a chance of flipping Oregon's governorship for the first time in 40 years. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Everything's changing so fast these days, and that's a great thing. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load on our desktop computer. But now there's the Xfinity 10G network. That means the fastest internet with faster speeds rolling out every day and internet that can power a house full of devices at once with ultra low lag. So while one person streams a movie from their room, another can play video games in the basement while another TikToks in the kitchen. It's the next generation 10G network only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. David, I always say that put the spin aside of of the candidates or the incumbents and focus on where money is being spent and where individuals are traveling. What can we learn from where Biden and Harris are spending the final, let's say, week of the 2022 midterm? Well, this has got to be pretty painful for them because there aren't too many places where they're welcome. And we've seen the first lady dispatched to a district in Rhode Island that that uh, her husband carried by 14 points in 2020 that Democrats are really struggling to hold on to. Republicans have a uh, have a, a, an Asian-American former mayor of a large city in that district running. Uh, Kamala Harris has been dispatched to New York City to help Kathy Hochul in a state Biden won by more than 20 points. And, you know, Joe Biden's been in Florida, which is kind of a throwaway state for Democrats right now. They don't have much of a chance against DeSantis uh, or Marco Rubio in those contests. And, and 
Joe Biden sees himself as a great closer. Uh, so this has got to be pretty painful for him. How about where money is spent? N- not just House, but also Senate. I'm thinking about New Hampshire and Pennsylvania, reportedly money that would have been spent in New Hampshire instead being dumped on Oz in Pennsylvania. That's right. And look, the four races that are going to decide control the Senate are Pennsylvania, Arizona, Georgia, and Nevada. And they're all very close. Uh, and Dr. Oz, his negatives are still pretty catastrophic for a major party nominee in a swing state. And he isn't helping himself, I don't think, by holding by, or by appearing with Doug Mastriano and Donald Trump at a rally the weekend before the election. I think that does more to, to help Democrats than his own cause. Yeah, but how does and, he how would he sit that like that's in Latrobe? But how would he sit that out? I, I've thought the same thing. Right. Right. He, he really can't uh, can't win because obviously Trump believes he's a, a demigod uh, in Pennsylvania, even right. though he lost the state in 2020. So, uh, yeah, this is a, this is a certainly an awkward rally uh, for for Oz because he doesn't really want to be associated with these figures. He'd rather be seen with Pat Toomey. I want to be sensitive to your time. Bottom line: 26 and two is the historical model. You you're taking the under on the House, 15 to 25. With regard to the Senate, are you just flipping a coin? Do we really not know, or do you do you have an opinion on that as well? No, I, I would say that Republicans are in a good position to pick up one seat. Now, you know, could they could they sweep that battlefield of four races that I mentioned? Sure, and that would get them uh, to to fifty two or fifty three. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, Democrats are clinging to fractions of point leads in Arizona, Pennsylvania, uh, perhaps Georgia. They're trailing by Nevada, in Nevada, in the average of polls. And so when you look at that individually, uh, you'd say, well, Democrats, uh, you know, have have leads in enough states to hold the Senate. But when you look at it collectively, the leads are so small that there's a really good chance Republicans break through in at least one. David, that was excellent. Thank you so much on the Friday before the Tuesday. I really appreciate your time. All right. Thanks a lot, Michael. David Wasserman, the senior editor for the House of Representatives for the Cook Political Report. A lot of fodder there for us to contemplate and respond to. When I introduced him, I was referring to a CNN piece that talked about how on the same day that he recently recast ratings for 10 democratically held seats, Now saying they're in jeopardy, Gallup released a report that suggests the political winds are blowing in the GOP direction. What are some of those numbers? Just 40 percent of Americans approve of the job that the president is doing. Only 17 percent express satisfaction with how things are going generally in the U.S. 49 percent say the state of the economy is poor and only 21 percent approve of the job the Democratic held Congress is doing. David says, hey, in light of those numbers, you'd expect it to be even worse. You'd expect it to be north of the historical model of 26. He thinks it's going to be under. But still, it'll be sufficient Republican gain to take control of the House. And if push comes to shove and you forced him to make a a call on the Senate, he'd go with plus one for the R's in the Senate, which would give Republicans control of both legislative houses. Edward, Bridgewater, Massachusetts. Greetings. How are you? Good morning, Michael. How are you today? Hey, all good. Uh, I want to make a comment uh, about the poll this morning. I found it uh, kind of interesting that 
nobody has brought up the fact that Donald Trump will be 78 years old if he's elected president again. This was an issue in the last cycle, and it continues to be an issue with Joe Biden. His age keeps being brought up, and if he is too old to be president. So I wonder why this is not being brought up at all. I haven't heard it at all. So I guess the answer, and by the way, the Times story on what went on last night in Sioux City says this. Let me just read to you two sentences because they tie into what you're saying. The most remarkable moment of his hour-long speech unfolded when Mr. Trump was joined on the Sioux Gateway Airport tarmac by Mr. Grassley, Senator Chuck Grassley, to criticize President Biden and make a plea to vote against Democrats who control Congress. It was a peculiar message from a 76-year-old former president teaming up with an 89-year-old senator to roast the 79-year-old Democrat in the White House. Um, I just thought that was an interesting observation. The answer to your question, I think, is that age is a relative thing. And Trump is perceived as being, I mean, yes, he he's 76 now. You're right. He'd be 78. That's old. Um, right. But because he's been so vibrant in comparison to Biden in the past, it hasn't been an issue. The only time I remember it being an issue was when he held a glass of water with two hands or when it seemed like he needed assistance walking from the stage at, West Point delivering a commencement address and he attributed it to his shoes. But you're you're absolutely right. He's not been scrutinized on an age basis the way that Biden has. Right. I, I, I fear that we're going to get if if he were to be elected again, we'd get into a presidency where we have an 80 to 82 year old president. Yeah. And that could be an issue. I think you're right. And, and look, uh, if I mean, I've always said thank you, Edward. I have always said that Trump will be the nomination so long as, what have I said? He's solvent, he's healthy, and he's unindicted. Believe me, let me make this crystal clear. If Trump begins to exhibit the type of moments that have plagued Biden, you know, the whole Jonathan K part, we had the conversation a week ago where he seemed lost, and then, and then, I brought Jonathan K part on the program a week ago today, and K part said I and others were misreading the moment. But if you should see Trump, you know, fade in a in a, a setting like that or shake hands when there isn't somebody there, or, you know, run the whole tape. You know what I'm talking about. Believe me, it will be suprudered. It will get a great deal of, of attention. But you have to say this about Trump, who is obese and who exists on a diet of of Diet Cokes and Big Macs. He has an amazing constitution. You have to acknowledge. I mean, remember the 11th hour of that campaign when he was barnstorming the nation rally after rally, speaking for two hours at each one in, in, in all type of, of weather. I, I admired that constitution in him. Doesn't mean I agreed with what he was saying or wanted him to be elected, but the stamina that he's exhibited. But if that changes, because come on, at some point, at some point that all shifts. I'm sitting here with, with two sore arms today. Did I tell you I got a, uh, a flu shot in one and, and my one, two, three, fourth booster in the other? And no, second booster, fourth shot. Only fourth shot? Then that's got to be fifth. No, fifth. no, 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 no. I had, I had two Moderna when, you know, when it came out. Yeah. Then I had a booster, and now I had my second booster yesterday. I feel like I just got my fifth shot, though. So why would I have one more than you? Because you're always, you know, just like in the, in the election, Katie Flick or whatever her name how was, you're just your, always trying your, to do that to how me. How do your arms feel? 
I, I can feel that I had one, yeah, but Does, I'm, I'm okay, good. Here's a question. Does mm. your um, booster hurt more than your flu shot? I If, if I remembered which went where, oh, I'd you, be able to tell you. Does one hurt more? It doesn't hurt. I'm not whining, my, but my my oh, left no, no, my I left is more sore. my left is more noticeable than my right. They did say what arm dominant okay. are you? So they put in my left, whichever one is anticipated to have more of a reaction. That's what they asked me too, and yeah. I'm right arm dominant, and they put the booster in my left, and it definitely was more sore. So the booster but, is the one that's more co- correct. Yeah. I yeah. lucked out. I went to I went to local pharmacy yesterday and I said, hey, can I schedule? And they said, schedule? Roll up your sleeves. Really? Boom. That's done. That's incredible. Yeah. I totally had to schedule. If if that has any impact on me, when will I feel it? Today? I would think you would have either already felt it or you can get a little tired, but you'll be fine with that. Yeah. The only I mean, this re- is the just only, a tired week all the around. The only re- I'm tired from the Phillies. But I think I'm if, not you tired from a, the shot. if you were going to have a sick reaction, you know what I mean? Some people get The only really time sick. I ever had a reaction was shingles. Shingles one of two. The shingles vaccine. Yes. That night, the night that I had the shingles vaccine, this was like, I think this was in the midst of COVID, Mm. but that totally put me down. I mean, in the middle of the night, teeth chattering. Perhaps with the, with CNN coming up, maybe that wasn't the best time to get the double vaccines. No, nothing (laughs) occurred. Nothing occurred to me other than they said, roll up your sleeves. And and I'm like, perfect. I don't want to come back. Okay. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Everything's changing so fast these days, and that's a great thing. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load on our desktop computer. But now there's the Xfinity 10G network. That means the fastest internet with faster speeds rolling out every day and internet that can power a house full of devices at once with ultra low lag. So while one person streams a movie from their room, another can play video games in the basement while another TikToks in the kitchen. It's the next generation 10G network only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. Uh, this is G in Georgia. Hi, G. Hey, Smirk, I just wanted to say really quick, man, I think uh, Trump's ability to run the country should already be in question because of his 
how ornery he is. I mean, in, in talking about how, how old he is, he's ornery, he's forgetful, he can't remember things, and he lies. <laughs> Other than that, how was the play Mrs. Lincoln? I'm sorry? <laughs> no, it was, a, it was just a joke. Like I, 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 I get it. I get it. He is not your. He is not your guy. He's not. I mean, he's under. He's underwater. He's. It just. It, it's interesting. Like Biden, he's underwater. Viewed more unfavorably than favorably, and like Doctor Oz, viewed more unfavorably. But that doesn't mean he can't win. I mean, Oz won the Republican primary, even though most Republicans in Pennsylvania had an unfavorable opinion of him. And if Trump gets in 10 days from today, which is what the New York Times and Axios are now speculating, it's going to be really difficult to deny him the nomination. And if he's the nominee, then it's a coin flip. Then it's a coin flip. Just fast forward. If it's November of 2024 and he's the nominee against anybody, no matter what those polls will say, you can mark today's tape. It's going to be a coin flip. Mitchell, Bergen County, greetings. What did you most want to say? This is a brief criticism, but also a compliment. We are too absorbed, left and right, and the whole political culture in polling and in these kind of meaningless analysis that really don't give us any information about what the candidates' policies are or even test what their policies are against any measure of fact on either side. I'm 65 years old. I've been listening to this all my life. I see it degenerating to the point where the society's potentially got some very, very serious problems going on. And we're just electing people based on all this surface nonsense, which tells it, which gives us nothing. And why it bothers me with you is because you're extraordinarily capable of doing deep dives into this and really getting to the bottom of things. Sometimes I, I usually find at the end of the day you wind up in a place that makes sense, but it takes a long time. And it just takes, I know, it takes too damn work. long. It takes too long. I agree. I totally, like, you got to wait three hours before you finally get to something that makes sense. I hear you, Mitchell, and I, and I appreciate it. For what it's worth, for what it's worth, I'm looking, I'm looking up at my screen right now and two of the three cable outlets, and you're going to say, yeah, that doesn't make it right. It just means everybody's doing it, are right now showing poll results for next Tuesday. Um, uh, so yes, it is perhaps too much of that. John, you're in Indy. Greetings. What did you want to say? I just wanted to note the Utah race seems to me to be the single potentially most impactful. If the independent who won't caucus with either side wins there, everything could stay the same. And there's a true parliamentary majority for the D's at 50 to 49. And if they win Pennsylvania, they have a 51 49 with an inside track on the 52nd vote, the independent. So- so I'm totally into that race. And recently a guest of mine here was Evan McMullen. He's, of course, trying to unseat Mike Lee. And it's fascinating because the Democrats folded their tent, coalesced around Evan McMullen. They realized they couldn't win it, but maybe they could help defeat Lee if they rallied around McMullen. And to your point, he says he won't caucus with either. Um, let me say something else, John. Tomorrow on CNN, my whole hour is going to be dedicated to the midterms, and I'm going to have, if it goes according to plan, and thank you, sit back and listen to this, if it goes according to plan, I'm going to have six guests split in groups of three for each half the show, and they will come from battleground Senate states. So, for example, you reference Utah Ben Winslow, 
I, I said to the people with whom I work, let, let's find the brightest political mind among journalists for each of these from that state. So Ben Winslow is my guest from Utah. Bram Resnick is my guest from Arizona. Elizabeth Thompson is my guest from Nevada. Tia Mitchell from Georgia. Anna Staver from Ohio. Holly Otterbein from Pennsylvania. So I'm going to split them into threes. You know, we'll do the East Coast and then the, the West and West, uh, Western areas of the United States and talk about what's the very latest in each one of these races. I'm, I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited about it. Tyler, Detroit, Michigan, what did you most want to say? Uh, yes. Uh, sorry, lightning round, so I'll skip a bit. Um, so a little different take. Uh, thoughts from outside the U.S. on the midterms um, as uh, – a lot of people cover the uh, midterms all over the world. I was listening to TVP World this morning out of Poland. They interviewed a soldier doing humanitarian work in a Ukrainian town just outside Kharkiv that was recently liberated. And as the polls shift to the Republicans and Trump's talking about running again, they're getting really nervous. Uh, pretty interesting, I thought. So as you would say... Uh, Democracy is definitely on the on the ballot for these guys. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be I mean, there's going to um, be a, a, a coalition of the very progressive Democrats who signed that that uh, letter to the White House recently. They say, well, we, yeah. we prepared the letter in the summer. It only got to the White House. And I don't know. But but between yeah, think, very progressive the Democrats- D's and then and then you're then you're going to have the Kevin McCarthy R's who are saying no more blank check for Ukraine. And yes, I think there's good reason for trepidation in Ukraine and in Poland about the outcome yeah. of this race for that reason. And I think the uh, the uh, the Democrats will get in line. But if Trump announces he's running uh, uh, Putin will pop champagne and his army will dig in for the winter and uh, Trump will start going after Biden and NATO. And I think McCarthy and all those guys, they'll do what Trump says. Um, Mostly they if do, Trump right? so if Trump we'll announces see. 10 days from now, thank you, Tyler, if Trump announces 10 days from now, it really turns up the heat. The heat's already, I think, intense for Biden. But I think it cranks up the heat on Biden, President Biden, to make a decision and make it known. Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Michael Smirconish for Independent Minds. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire.